Mel, and you're listening to my Rough Draft podcast, where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women, and each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to my Rough Draft Podcast. It's your girl Mel. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. So this week, um, we are actually doing an episode based off a request that I kind of got from my Instagram story. So um, randomly, if y'all don't follow me on Instagram, you should follow me because I'm always talking in my story, sharing my opinion, sharing my thoughts, sharing my tips, sharing my story. So be sure to follow me. But um, there was a repost that I did um, talking about setting boundaries. And I was talking about pretty much how like when it comes to setting boundaries, one is a form of self-care for me because, um, you know, setting boundaries is, is hard when you have kind of um, not necessarily been brought up, but I'm so used to I was so used to having that kind of people pleasing, not wanting to be rejected, having performance based relationships and all that stuff. So when God delivered me from that and is delivering me from that, setting boundaries is a big part of that for me. And so I was talking about setting boundaries and about how, you know, sometimes it's not always glorified. You know, when you set boundaries with people who are used to um, it's experiencing you in a certain way, you know, um, when there's codependency there, you know what I mean? When you start to set boundaries, people are going to have a reaction, right? So it's not going to be a thing where it's like, oh, you're not doing what I thought you were going to do. It's okay. No, a lot of times people will try to manipulate the situation, make you feel like you crazy, make it seem like now you done change and you're not doing the right thing and you're not all this stuff, whatever. And so, you know, setting boundaries is not always glorified like we make it seem. It comes with pushback a lot of times, but we have to know that we don't have to defend ourselves. The Lord is our defender. The Lord is our father and his approval is the only one that matters. So I was talking about that on my Instagram stories. And then I asked um, the people that follow me, I was like, you know, setting boundaries also comes to your business, right? So it's so important to set boundaries with your clients because no sale is worth your sanity. And that's so true. No sale, no client, no profit is worth your sanity. And so I asked the people on my Instagram stories if it would be helpful if I did a podcast episode on what it means to set boundaries with your clients. And everyone said yes, um, other than one person who wanted to be a troll. But, you know, but they're going to be what they're going to be. But uh, but yeah, everyone pretty much said that they wanted me to do this episode. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. Setting boundaries with your clients in your business. Let's get into to it. Okay. So when we're setting boundaries with our clients, again, it's important to know that no sale is worth your sanity. When you're starting out as a small business owner, you know, sometimes we can be tempted to just accept anything that comes, right? We're happy to get a sale. We're happy that someone reached out. We're desperate for a check. (laughs) And, And don't get me wrong. When you're starting out small, flexibility is so important. Like flexibility is so important. So, you know, if you're just starting out and, you know, you have one client, and maybe they may ask for an add-on or something like that. It's worth at least trying different things out to see if you like it and to see if you can provide value for it and if it provides fulfillment for you, right? So um, an example of that is with my career writing services. Um, I typically always sell the resume and cover letter package together. However, there were times where people would ask me to do just a generic cover, cover letter for them. And initially when I was just starting out, I was like, sure, 
I'll write a generic cover letter for you. But over time, I realized that it wasn't effective because I personally like for cover letters to be tailored and customized to a specific position. To me, that's how cover letters bring the most impact. And it's better to have a specific cover letter than it is to have a generic one. If you're going to have a generic one to me, you might as well not have one at all. So because I know that having a specific cover letter provides value, I no longer offer people generic cover letters. So if you want, you know, a specific resume, a specific cover letter for a position or a program, then yes, I can provide value for that. But because I know the value that it brings to have it customized versus having it being generic, I'm not going to waste my time in providing um, something that does not provide value and does not, is not actually going to impact you, right? Because providing value to me and serving you is more important to me than getting a check right? So while I am flexible, the boundary that I set is that I'm not going to offer those, you know, only cover, only generic cover letter services, right? Um, another example where maybe a boundary would be more, more positive is um, with my project management clients. So um, with my project management clients, I offer biweekly power hour check-ins, and then I allot a certain amount of hours of ad- administrative assistance um, to help them do the actual work per month, right? Right. So depending on the project, sometimes, you know, clients will ask me to take on four hours a month and we have a contract set set on that. But let's say maybe we're on a tight deadline. They don't have a lot of wiggle room with their schedule and they need additional help. So they say, hey, you know, Mel, can we contract you for a few more hours this month? And and usually with that, again, if it if it's if it does well with my schedule and if I can provide value for those amount of hours, then I'll say, yes, you know, I'm, I'm I can be flexible with you on that. Right. Um, because, of course, you know, when you're starting a business, it, you know, it can be very unpredictable. And so I try to be flexible in that regard. And so I say that because setting boundaries is important and it's equally important to be flexible. So the question always comes into where, well, Mel, when do I draw the line? When do I set the boundary? Right. And here's my typical rule for that. When flexibility starts to deplete clarity in your business, that's usually when you need to set a boundary. I'll say that again. When, flexi- when flexibility starts to um, compromise clarity in your business, that is when you need to set a boundary. When the value and quality starts to become threatened is when you need to take a, sep- a second look. And so when being too flexible is causing you to spend more time on what you don't want to do and less time on what you're actually supposed to do, that's where the problem comes in. And again, sometimes sometimes we don't set boundaries because we lack clarity, right? So for a good example, let's say maybe you're a teacher and you are starting a business by helping families manage this whole homeschooling process that's going on, right? So what you enjoy out of the business is you enjoy coaching parents on how to effectively teach their kids, right? But you're finding that parents just want to coach you, just, just that, that that parents just want you to tutor their kids. So they don't want to be involved. They just want you to do it, right? And you're still getting paid, but now you're frustrated and you're unfulfilled, not because the business isn't successful, but because you've taken your mind off of what you do that actually brings value to you. You that, that, that brings value to the business, right? So for you, what brings value may be empowering parents to learn how to 
teach and communicate with their kids, right? And cultivating that healthy learning environment in the home. That's what that's what you think brings mo- the most value and that's what's most fulfilling for you. But now that you're taking on all of this tutoring work that you really weren't supposed to do, but you kind of got sucked into it, right? Now the clarity of your business is getting compromised. Now you're frustrated. Now you're wondering whether or not you want to keep doing it. Not because again, it's not, not because it's not successful, but because you've taken your eyes off of what really brings value and how you're supposed to bring that value, right? So that's why it's so important to set boundaries in your business and setting and setting boundaries with your clients, of course, are going to look different depending on the service that you provide and what value and fulfillment means to you when it comes to your business. But let's talk through these three principles when it comes to setting boundaries with your clients. So number one, when working with your clients, it's important to set clear communication channels and stick to those communication channels, right? So questions you want to ask yourself, how can clients reach you? Um, is it by phone? Is it by email? I personally will always recommend email again, but it depends on your business and the service that you're providing, right? Um, when should clients expect to hear from you? For example, I tell my clients to expect to expect to receive a response from me via email in 24 to 48 business hours, right? Do you serve your clients and answer their questions around the clock? Can they text you at all types, uh, all types of, of times in the night, right? Again, setting boundaries is going to be up to what you think is valuable, right? So for me, I set clear boundaries with communication and with my office hours, which I'm going to talk about because a lot of times my clients are first time business owners. And, and part of me setting those clear boundaries through making them contact me via email, through um, giving them uh, you know, expectations of when they're going to get a response from me and what my work will entail. Right. It, it one, it provides clarity and organization for me. But then it also prepares my clients and it provides an example to my clients on how to conduct business legitimately and with integrity. Right. So that's why I'm always saying, hey, yeah, let's email um, so that we can have this document so that we can have proper documentation. That's why I'm always, you know, documenting our meetings and doing email recaps and having a meeting agendas and operating in excellence because I want to show them what it means to operate in excellence. And I want to preach what I coach them to do. Right. Well, I want to live what I coach them to do. Right. So what would it say if I'm telling them to operate in excellence and integrity, but then I allow them to text me and call me at all at all times of the night? Right. What would it say if I told them you need to be faithful with your nine to five while you're building this business? But yet I'm constantly communicating to them throughout the day when I should be focusing on my nine to five. Right. The boundaries that we set in our business, it just isn't about us. A lot of times they speak to the integrity and the value of our business. Right. So it's important to set clear expectations on communication. Again, how can they contact you? When should they expect to hear from you? Um, questions like that are, are what you want to answer and communicate to them. And then I guess a bonus tip to that. Um, yeah, a bonus tip to that would be you can also set boundaries in your business through communication by setting office hours. Right. So just how your teachers in college had office hours, just how you have hours, you know, that you work on the job, you should also have 
set hours that you work on your business. Of course, these hours will change depending on the season that your business is in, but it's important to be clear on when you're going to work, right? Again, no business is worth your sanity. I'm not in the business to stress myself out more. I did not start a business to stress myself out more, right? And so I've had to learn even to set distinct office hours of when I'm going to work in my business. And many times we had the added stress, honestly, because we don't have the proper systems in the place with that, but but we don't have the proper systems in place, but that's another story for another day. Anyway, it's important to set clear business hours, communicate those business hours, communicate what days you will accept client calls, communicate the days that you're going to work on the, on your client's projects. And a lot of questions, a, a good question that I always get is when do I communicate that to my client? I always say that you want to set your clear expectations on communications um, in your welcome packet. So um, once you've kind of had your consultation with the client, you they've accepted the contract, now they're officially your client and you send them that welcome packet that says, hey, thank you for, you know, thank you for trusting me, you know, with your blah, blah, blah. Um, and then just say it in a positive way. You always want to keep it positive. Say, hey, thank you so much for trusting me um, to, to provide you this service. You know, communication is going to be key um, to our time working together and it's going to be key to this um, service being successful. So I don't want to leave any room for, for questions. So I, I, so here are my channels and methods of communication, right? So you you could say something like, I don't want to leave any room for question as I encourage an open door policy. So here are my channels and, and preferred methods of communication. Let me know if you have any questions or concerns about them, right? And then you would list out those channels of communication, right? And so, but, but, but let me say this, it's important to be clear your communication channels, but it's also important for your communication channels to be simple, right? You don't want um, your clients to have to jump through hoops to have to contact you, right? So something as simple as, yes, they should email you at this email and they'll receive a response within this amount of time, right? Or if you have a client portal, you know, communication will need to be done through the client portal, um, but don't don't get extreme. Don't don't have people, you know, don't go on going through hoops to, to, to have to talk to you. Right. You want to make it easy and simple and clear to communicate. OK, so then the question comes in. Well, if I set those clear communication channels right and I send them the welcome packet, what do I do when they still try to push the boundary? Right. And so it's so important that you gently guide your client constantly. You're always gently guiding your client into the right way and the right path. Right. No matter what service that you're providing. So, for example, I have a friend um, who I'm taking on as one of my project management clients um, next week. And we worked out the contract and everything. Um, I hadn't yet sent her the welcome packet because her project hadn't started yet. But um, but she had went ahead and signed the contract. And, and of course, she's super excited. We want our clients to be eager and ready to go. Um, so she was texting me a lot of different questions about you know the business and about the project and different things like that. And so I didn't discourage her from texting me. But what I did was I took her questions from her text and I responded to them in an email to her. And I texted her. I said, I said, hey, thank you for your questions. I'm going to email you in just a minute. And I emailed her her welcome packet. I emailed her the answers to her questions. And at the beginning, I just said, hey, you know, thank you so much for your questions. I can't wait to get started. You know, I want to make sure that we have proper documentation throughout this entire process. So, you know, email and HoneyBook, you know, 
are going to serve as our primary methods of contact, right? You're still keeping it positive. You're still saying, hey, I want to make sure we have proper documentation and I'm providing value for you. So this is the way that, you know, we'll need to communicate and you'll just always need to guide them back to the proper channel. Okay. So next, um, again, you want to communicate clear expectations, keep it positive, keep the focus on the value that you provide um, and how sticking to those channels will contribute to that value. So number two, it's important to be clear on who you serve and what you do. Decide what add-ons, if any, you will allow and decide on what you won't allow. Now, this kind of goes back to the examples that I gave at the beginning as far as like deciding that I'm not going to do generic cover letters or generic anything. If you want something custom, you can come to me. Um, if you don't, then, then there are other people that I can refer to you for you. Right. Um, you know, sometimes with my project management clients, I have the time and the space to be able to take on more admin hours and some months I can't. So, again, you have to be clear on who you serve and what you do and decide what add ons you will allow and what you won't allow. So it's important to be clear on on the who and the what, the what you do and the who you do it for. Again, in the beginning, there will always be some flexibility, but you're going to need to figure out pretty quickly who you best serve and how you best serve them. And doing this not only brings clarity, but it often saves the integrity of your business, right? Boundaries bring integrity, okay? So because if you're doing things that you're not skilled to do, that again will threaten the integrity and the value of your business. So for example, let's say you are a fitness trainer, Okay, and you primarily were trained to work out with relatively healthy middle aged women. Okay, that's where you've seen the most results. But then let's say you have a client that that reaches out to you that wants to work with you. They have multiple health issues going on um, and, and they need a lot more work and they reach out to you asking for your services. But you really know that you're not actually skilled to meet their needs. Right. But you but you choose to take that person on as a client anyway. Do you see how that could go really south really quick if you're trained and specialized in one area? But but because someone reached out to you and you were so eager to get the sale, now you're doing things that are outside of your lane that could go south real quick, right? So again, setting boundaries protects the integrity of your business. With my project management clients, you know, I tell them, I'm honest with them. You know, I create a plan with them. I help them walk out the steps. I do some of the steps for them. That's all included. But I tell them, hey, I'm not a website designer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant. So I can share with you what I know. You know, my hours can go towards doing in-depth research about different topics to ensure that we're moving in the right direction. But when it comes to when it comes to setting up your financial, I advise that we bring on an outside accountant. And here is a list of people that I work with um, that will meet your budget, right? So that's how I set boundaries um, and protect the integrity of my business because I'm not pretending to be an all-in-one type of person, right? What I'm skilled in, I do. What I'm not skilled in, I try to have those resources available for my clients so that they can get the best value, right? That's what's most important. Just because your friend reaches out to you 
or you're frustrated because you're not getting any leads in a specific area doesn't mean you just drop the gates and let anyone come in and you get out of your lane, right? Focus more so when, when you feel like you're not getting leads from what you're skilled in, then it's important to focus on loc- locating and attracting your target audience, right? Focus on educating your audience on the problem that they have and how you bring a solution to that problem. The, the, the focus there should be education. The focus there should not be getting out of your lane and just doing a bunch of stuff, right? Um, education is key. So, so nurture them and teach them within your lane of expertise. Okay. So that's number two. Then lastly, number three, and y'all may not like this one. This one's going to be up for debate. <laughs> But number three, it's important to focus less. You set boundaries by focusing less on giving discounts and more on over delivering in quality. We not discounting no more, y'all. I'm saying I'm telling myself this. We not discounting no more. Okay. Now, bear with me. Now, this is something that I've honestly recently, very recently changed my mind about. And I've had to learn the consequences of this the hard way. Okay. Um, And if I'm honest, I'm not going to say that it's cost me friendships, but it has definitely made me distance myself from people um, and set boundaries with people. Um, You you know, and and now I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into pricing and whether or not things should be different prices for your friends and your family versus, you know, people, you know, that may reach out to you versus social media or however other clients get to you. But I am going to say this, when you're constantly giving out discounts, the only one suffering is you, right? You suffer financially because you're not making the right profit. You suffer through resentment because maybe that person did not fully appreciate the discount that you gave them. So now you've done all this work and they don't even use the service or the product. And now you're bitter. Right. So so sometimes we give discounts out of guilt because we want to, quote unquote, help someone out. But hear me come close. You are already helping someone out by providing them with your service or your product. That is what is bringing them value. That is what is helping someone out right now. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Every service isn't a sale. Every opportunity isn't a sale. Sometimes God simply asks us to serve someone without asking for anything in return. When I volunteer at my local church, I'm not expecting no paycheck. I'm just doing that to serve, right? So sometimes, yes, God calls us just to simply serve and not ask for anything in return, right? So so with that being said, here's my new rule that I'm going by. Either I'm going to do it for free to serve or I'm going to charge the full amount. There's no more in between. And 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 here here's the thing. When you have a friend, you know, you may feel bad asking them for money. Right. But here here's what you should do. Ask for the money anyway. One. (laughs) And then two over deliver in quality, right? And so you can over deliver without discounting your the, the, the value and, and, and the integrity of your product and your service. Your product and your service is priced what it is for a reason. So don't don't negate the integrity of it by discounting it. No, make them charge the, charge the full amount and then over deliver in quality, right? Go all out for your friend. Go all out for your cousin. You know, take additional time to do research for them. 
them. Give them, you know, the, the special treatment, the VIP treatment, because that's your friend, that's your family. I get it. But ask for the full amount unless you feel like God has called you to serve them and give it to them for free. Now, again, this is not the way. This is my new way. Okay. Because I would rather you, I would rather just say, Hey friend, let's just call each other real quick. We'll do a quick strategy call. It'll take 10 minutes and there's nothing to gain from it. I'm not discounting my service below its value. And, you know, they can take it with, to take it with it, what, what they want, because they didn't make an investment in it either. Right. So it's, it's fair game. You serve them. They can take what they want from it. And there's, there's nothing to lose. Right. But, and, and, and again, this, this, this is business y'all. This isn't about happiness. This is business. This is about your gift. And yes, sometimes there are spaces to give your gift freely, but then there's also spaces where your gift provides provision. Right. And so limit the discounts. This is what I'm saying. My opinion, you take it or leave it. Okay. <laughs> but listen, limit the discounts because you can find a reason to discount for anything, right? You can always find a reason to discount for people, but don't. When you go to the nail salon, they don't care if it's your first time. When you go to a restaurant and it's your birthday, they give you a free cake and they give you a check, okay? <laughs> when you go to the Apple store, the Mac store, you pay full price, okay? So when we start to discount, and, and here's, the, here's the thing, here's the reality of it. When we start to discount, we can sometimes expect for it to be done in return. And when it's not, we looking crazy. We're resented, we're resentful, right? But when you're gifting something, you don't ask for anything in return. And when it's not a gift, it, there needs to be an invoice. Okay. So that's my personal rule moving forward. I'm always going to charge a full price unless I'm giving it as a gift. And when I am charging full price and it's a friend or, or someone that I really know that needs, needs additional help, then I will over deliver in quality because I want people who invest in me to get their money, money's worth. And then some, when I have my power hour calls, most times, if my schedule permits, I'll go a little overtime with them. You know, when I have my project management clients and I have those extra hours to help, help, then I provide that. You know, I want you to get the full effect when you work with me, but I can provide value and still be compensated for my work, right? So let's release the guilt of charging and provide the value your customers deserve. Again, you want to protect the integrity and the value of your business. You want to be taken seriously, right? So you can invest without this. You can invest without this counting. That's why we provide valuable content that teaches our audience, right? That's why we're on social media, providing free education. That's why we're on our blogs, doing no fluff blogs and we're providing valuable information. That's why we're on our podcast and we're giving you all the tea. We're taking your questions on social media and, and creating podcast episodes and YouTube videos on them, right? To provide that free value so people can invest in you without you discounting the value of it, right? Um, we, we provide value period across the board, whether people spend their coins or not, right? So know that if you're providing that valuable education for free, whether that's on social media, your blog, your podcast, your video, your, your YouTube, your newsletter, whatever it is. Sorry, that's an airplane. <laughs> okay, it's gone. <laughs> but know that if you're providing that valuable content for free, when someone reaches out to take it to the next, when someone reaches out to you to take it to the next level, they want to invest. If they didn't want to invest, then they would have stuck with your free content. Right. So if someone is reading your re free content, and they reach out and want to take it to the next level. 
charge them you, what, what, what your service is worth, right? And so we set a boundary around our work by charging and giving accordingly, okay? So quick recap. One, we set boundaries with our clients by setting clear communication channels and sticking to them. Number two, we are clear on who we serve and what we do. We decide on what we'll add on and allow and what we won't allow. And three, we'll focus less on giving discounts and more on over delivering in quality and service. So I hope that that helps y'all. I really do. I hope that it helps you. If you need help getting started or finding clarity in your business, I would love to book a power hour session with you. It'll be action. It'll be an action packed hour where we'll get clear on what you're trying to do. We'll set clear goals and you'll leave with pages full of notes and action steps for you to implement. So if you're interested, the link will be below. You can go to melaniechristina.org slash services and you'll be able to find everything there. Again, be sure to follow me on social media at underscore Melanie Christina. Feel free to send me any um, topics that you would like for me to discuss. Obviously, I'm listening to y'all. I did this podcast episode um, because you said that it would be helpful. So if there are any topics that you'd like for me to discuss, feel free to DM me um, at underscore Melanie and Christina on Instagram. So until next week, I love y'all so much. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on my rough draft podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now do me a favor and please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also be sure to head to the roughdraftcollective.com where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one-on-one services, and more. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.